What's going on, you motherfathers? Welcome to First and Ten with DGen. I'm your host, Degenerate75. If you don't know, I break down golf and I break down football. Today it's college football, but I also do NFL. If you like those things, come check out my schedule. The big guy stays busy. I'd appreciate it. Um, without further ado, let's get going. This is for the Saturday slate. I know that there's like football on every night now, and I do the little two and three game slates, but I only do that for the Discord. I can't be making a YouTube video every day for that shit or all. I literally never would have a life. I already kind of don't have a life. You factor in doing a two day, a two game slate every day, ain't got a chance. Let's start with betting like we always do. A little recap of last week. Uh, let's just say I was on a heater. And uh, it's safe to say the heater's over, brother. The heater is over. It did not go well last uh, week for the big guy. 0-1 uh, with Tech. 0-2 with Tennessee. 0-3 uh, with my with my pokes, my alumni. 0-4 um, with K-State. Uh, and then 0-5 with Mississippi State. But fortunately, <laughs> my biggest bet was on Florida State. It was only about a 2.5 uh, unit bet. So still lost my ass last week. But at least I can like ho- hold my head high and say my my best bet is now 7-1 and this week this year. So uh, even though it took a, took a good bath last week to remind me that you never have betting figured out. Um, uh, at least, at least I can save face and say, "Well, I hit my lock game." So there's always that, like any, like those slap dicks uh, that that tout this shit do. All right, so for this week, uh, let's see who are we liking this week. Definitely liking Arizona. This is just, you know, I'm a big fan of playing spots. And LSU after the big emotional win, Arkansas at home. This just reeks of letdown city for LSU. I know everybody's convincing themselves they're good, but they're not. So give me Arkansas. Uh, probably uh, that's probably my favorite game. That's probably my favorite game. Uh, probably that will be my heaviest. No, I take that back. This Oregon game is going to be my biggest bet. So my lock's going to be the Oregon game. I'll just skip there right now. Uh, Oregon, I'm actually convinced they're a really good team. I think Washington's, uh, Washington is like an average team. Oregon's at home. Uh, Oregon's offense seems unstoppable. Bo Nix somehow like learned how to play quarterback. It's truly incredible. Um, and so give me Oregon all day. That's a, that's a stone-cold lock under two touchdowns. Uh, Michigan over Nebraska. I know that's a lot of points to eat with uh, Michigan, but man, I think Nebraska is literally falling apart. And the great thing about Michigan is if they're up 28 in the fourth quarter and you're worried they're not going to get there, don't worry. They'll bust a 50-yard touchdown run and still get there. So I like them to cover that one. Baylor, I actually I think that Baylor is kind of going to start rallying and might even still win the Big 12 this year. So give me Baylor to beat K-State. Really disappointed K-State didn't beat Texas last week. I was thinking that was going to happen. Georgia, a lot of teams would be like, oh, they just had the big emotional win. This is a trap game. Man, Georgia, every win, they, they're, they're focused. They're going to come out. They're going to beat the brakes off Mississippi State. You know, if you're thinking Mississippi State plays team stuff, just go look at the Alabama game. I don't think that they can compete with the real big boys. So I love Georgia at 16 and a half there. And then this last one, I'm kind of doing a weird bet. I see this game going one of two ways with TCU and Texas, right? It is either going to be uh, uh, TCU wins this game straight up. So I'm money line betting TCU. I'm getting what? I think I got plus 280 or so on it. And uh, not that I bet. Not that I bet because in my state it's illegal to bet. But if I did bet, I would have got plus 280 on it. Uh, and uh, tech, But then I also like Texas to, to cover the 7.5. So I'm going to bet it both ways. Okay, because I don't see a game in which TCU just loses by less than seven and a half. Uh, Texas either blows them out or TCU somehow finds a way to win. So I'm going to be betting both sides of it. And there is a way I'll get double fucked, but that's the way I play, brother. You ain't got to tell them. But if you're telling me this year, I am up 14 units on the year, mainly due to hitting the big game every week. 
Hey, if you didn't see, I hit 5,000 subscribers thanks to mother fathers like you uh, between Twitter and YouTube, that is, right? And so because of that, I'm doing multiple $100 giveaways. I'm going to do a $100 giveaway for NFL, $100 giveaway for PGA, $100 giveaway for Discord, but I'm going to do one just for you, you sweaty bastards, here at College Football. I'm trying to grow my college football brand. So all you got to do is you can go like and retweet. That'll get your name on the wheel, or just go put a comment on this video. Any fucking comment you want, you leave a comment on here, you get another name on the wheel. I'm just going to straight draw your name. I'll do it live so there'll be no... Oh, he's just giving it to his friends. I'll do it live. We'll do it live. And you'll win 100 bucks. And then I'll reach out to you and give you a, give PayPal you some money. It's a pretty sweet deal. So go leave a comment down there. I'd appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe like and subscribe while you're down there, you mother father. All right, let's talk contest selection because most of you are here for DFS. Because if you don't know, college football DFS content is fucking horrible. All right, as always, the big contest tomorrow. It's $20 instead of 15 this week. I wish these mother fathers would just do 250000 instead of two hundred k. When they do 250 k it allows first place 50 k to only be 20% of the prize pool. And 20% of the prize pool is such a huge difference than what it is right now at 25%, right? Because when you do that, then you can take that extra that extra 50000 and go distribute it across the top 10 and really reward those really good lineups, those 99.9% .9 lineups. And those are the contests I want to play. Play in. But when you only do 200,000, now look at 10th place. 10th place is $750. Like that's like 167th of first. That's fucking horrific. I don't I don't want to play in it. So here's the deal I'll always tell you. I get if you want to chase big money. And only 11,000 people in this tournament. But I don't think you should play in this tournament unless you're going to put at least 25 lineups in it. If you just got your 50 bucks and you're just going to go put three lineups in it, just send me the 50 bucks and uh, I'll send you a letter telling you what a fucking moron you are for playing in this. You got 50 bucks. You'd be so much better going and playing and the, you know, go play in the $20, uh, or excuse me, the 20 max $4, right? I know that's 80 bucks, but just go put 12 in there, you donkey dick. Go play in the $44 marching band. Find the extra 50 bucks and go play in the $100 single entry. That's really the nuts. That's where you should be playing. These are the better contests. Play in your three maxes, your single entries, and your 20 maxes. Don't go be entering in these smaller contests. If you get tired of me saying this every week, well, I'm trying to help you quit losing money, you donkey dick. All right, so that's contest selection as always. And by the way, if you don't know, you have got to get into college football cash. The double ups this year, I had a horrific week last week. I went one, not even one for four, less than one and four, and I'm still shooting about 68.5%. Let's just round it up, 69% noise this year in cash, right? It's just, it's just another game, man. People just make the most unoptimal picks. They don't even put quarterbacks in the Superflex and cash lineups. Fucking morons. Hey, look at that. Almost to 2,000 subscribers. Go give me a like and a follow. All right, let's get to it. This is the Rosetta Stone. This is something I make for my Discord. If you want to see, theirs is way fancier, right? I do all the colors, the ownership, uh, cash plays, GPPs, games to target, all that. You don't get that because this is YouTube and, uh, you know, you're going to fucking take what you can get. But I am going to go over the games with you and kind of give you an idea and some strategy on how to be a good college football DFS player because, you know, you probably enjoy college football if you're watching this show, but you probably don't have much uh, success with DFS because only about 1% of people win consistently at this stuff. Um, so let me walk you through what I do to have had success at college football DFS. First of all, we want to target games where we have high totals and competitive environments. If you just go simply look at high totals and then you don't factor in the blowout value, well, then you're, you're not getting it, brother. Game. This first game right here, this LSU Arkansas is delicious. This is like a game you completely want to target. Three reasons. First of all, it has a high total. Okay. Second of all, it has a very competitive total with only a three-point line. And then fourth, or third, and most importantly, is the, the usage is concentrated, right? You know who's going to score for these teams, right? And so because of that, that makes this a very, very appealing game. 
On this side, you have Jaden Daniels, who is just incredible. DraftKings has caught on to him as a uh, DFS god, and now that they see what he can do with his legs and he's passing the ball, he's just like a smash play. But at 8500 you're paying quite the price tag for him, and there is not a lot of value on this slate. So if you go pay 8500 for him, just know you're going to have to be punting at some places, right? Josh Williams, they finally quit uh, putting at the stone minimum of 3000 so that makes him lose a little bit of his appeal. And then the problem with LSU is as is, is talented as some of their wide receivers are, they just don't ever have any usage monsters. And, you know, if you're going to go pay 5000 you know, 5300 5800 for neighbors or booty, you, I, I want more than six targets a game, right? So that makes it tricky. But they are very stackable in GPPs. I don't think they're super cash viable. You move over to Arkansas. I don't know if DraftKings just has, like, a personal vendetta against KJ Jefferson, but the guy just like scores 30 points all the time. He's unbelievable, has an incredibly safe floor, going to be in a high shootout game, and they're just going to keep him at 6,500. How you don't start a cash lineup with him is beyond me. Same thing with Raheem Sanders. The guy is just a usage monster. He always gets there. Even if he's having a slow game, he has an 80-yard touchdown run in him. And then uh, Hazelwood and Landers are your really good options at wide receiver. But if you want some weird stack that no one's going to be playing with KJ Jefferson, check out my boy Keytron Jackson Jr., so that's a great game to look at. Uh, lots of pieces to consider there uh, for cash and for GPPs. Moving over here to Missouri, Tennessee, you always got to worry about the blowout value in this one. Uh, but Missouri, the good thing I can say about them is all their guys are always fairly priced. Brady Cook's not a great DFS quarterback, but at 5,600, you are getting a starting quarterback that is probably going to be passing the ball around a lot because they are going to be behind. Uh, Cody Schrader, probably the best price-adjusted running back on the slate. If you need a punt at running back this week, he's probably your best bet. Yeah, he's only going to get you probably 14 touches a game, but he is kind of electric. He does have big playability, and at 4,500, you know, he'll probably get you at least 10 points, and he probably has a 20-point ceiling, so that's not the worst. They're wide receivers, you know, like, as you can see, none of them. I, by the way, I put all the targets and stuff on here for you because I'm a nice guy, you mother father. You can see nobody on their team is averaging over seven targets a game. You know, if you don't know the rule number one of wide receivers in college football, you want targets. Rule number one of running backs is you want touches. Okay. And the problem is with Missouri is they just don't have those usage monsters. They don't have any guy getting the 10 targets or getting uh, uh, the, the 20 touches a game you want from a running back. You go over here to Tennessee, you know, Hooker really let me down last week. I was for sure. I thought he was going to bail out my cash lineup last Saturday. Uh, but Georgia said, uh, no soup for you, my friend. And so Hendon Hooker didn't get there. Am I going to go right back to him? Maybe. Only thing I worry about with this is do they get ahead? Are they going to be pushed? And if they do, you got to start thinking small and right. If they pill for a touchdown or two, Hooker really starts to lose his upside. So like a guy like Hendon Hooker or a guy versus Jaden Daniels, if I'm going to eat that kind of cost in my cash lineup, I'm probably going to go Daniels over Hooker simply just because there's a much better chance he's going to get pushed to the finish line, right? Daniels is going to be com competitively playing all the way through the fourth, throwing the ball, running the ball, moving quickly, getting DFS points, whereas there's a good chance by the start of the fourth quarter, Hendon Hooker's just handing the ball off to Small and Wright, and uh, they're just leaning on Missouri. Uh, Hooker is always stackable. You just, once again, got to worry. The same reason you got to worry about Hooker is the same reason you got to worry about uh, stacking him with his receivers is, is there a blowout narrative there? And with a 21-point line, there's definitely a blowout narrative there. So just be aware of that when you're making your lineups. 
Let's move over here to OU and West Virginia. This game is super appealing from a GPP standpoint. First of all, I don't think many people are going to be on this game, weirdly enough. And second of all, OU's offense is not the problem this year. D Dylan Gabriel, Eric Gray have been very, very good recently. And West Virginia gives up a lot of points, but they actually can move the ball a little bit. And OU's defense kind of, you know, blows dick. So because of that, this game is super appealing for a game stack. Uh, uh, Eric Gray seems to have really uh, taken over the... Uh, uh, running back role, Marcus Majors is not getting it done. Javante Barnes, the freshman, might be back this week, but I still think Garrett Gray is safe for 20 touches. Um, and 20 touches in a good OU offense is very, very, very appealing, especially in a GPP. Dylan Gabriel's price just continues to drop, even though I think his ceiling only goes up. He has a five-touchdown, 380-yard passing game coming up, and he's going to get 38 40 points in a game and he's going to probably break the slate one of these games and this one as much as ever could be one so uh, I will say the one negative about old Dylan Gabriel is not the easiest to stack Marvin Mims would make the most sense but at 7200 you just want more than seven targets a game on the flip side for West Virginia their wide receiver options James and uh, Ford Wheaton very appealing I think JT Daniels is broke from a DFS standpoint but he is good enough to get the ball out to those guys so a couple receivers there this is a very good game to just get a whole bunch of pieces on I could literally go run a 20 max uh, $4 and just only play variations of this game and then have one off pieces everywhere else Duke Virginia Tech uh you know a less interesting game the totals are lower Virginia Tech plays slow but the good thing you can say about Virginia Tech their guys are priced fairly and they tend to concentrate their usage right I would you know uh, uh, uh Kashawn King seems to be taking over the starting role I know you're going to look at his average touches and they don't look great but trust me he'll be getting more than that this week uh the real value is always in Caleb uh Smith he gets the touches there but honestly like with so many great teams on the slate just stay the hell away from Virginia Tech I know I put guys on here but I just put them on there in case you want to do some weird off-the-cuff stack i wouldn't be getting after him duke is more appealing on the other hand uh riley leonard you know we still need to know what his injury status is there is a chance he could be in a bit of a timeshare with the other quarterback uh if he is limited so because of that it makes me a little leery of duke um Jordan Waters is their top running back but he just doesn't get enough volume as i've told you i'm a volume whore when it comes to running back if you don't love game four, there's no reason to love game five. Purdue and Illinois, uh, to me, there's one person. By the way, his price tag isn't on here. I don't know. Uh, my my algorithm seems to be messing up. We're missing some price tags on here. We'll get it fixed. You can deal with it. You know their names. So in this game, Purdue with a 19-point total playing Illinois, who plays slow and plays really good defense. It seems so weird to say Illinois is good. But they do. They are. And so because of that, I'm out on all Purdue guys. You know, if you're going to play somebody, always play Charlie Jones. He gets those targets. But at the same time, with a 19-point total, I like Charlie Jones way more in a shootout. I'd rather spend that money on my quarterbacks uh, and my running backs than on a wide receiver. For Illinois, man, you've got to consider Chase Brown. The guy is just a usage monster, averaging over 30 touches a game. Oh, and here's the crazy part. He's actually fucking good. It's not like they just give him the ball and he just runs and falls forward for two yards every play. Like, he has home run ability. He finds the end zone all the time. They pass to him. I mean, he's just incredible. He's a great play. And if you're going to play a wide receiver, Isaiah Williams is the only one you should consider from over there. Moving on, uh, Ohio State just has a monster total of 49 points. Uh, problem is, as always, it does appear Travion Henderson's going to be back. And when Travion Henderson's back, that's a lot of really talented mouths you've got to feed, right? Uh, Abuka, Harrison, Fleming, Stover, all viable choices. But I like all those guys way more with a C.J. Stroud stack, right, and a GPP. One of these times, Stroud's going to have a six-touchdown game. And if you go find the guy that has three touchdowns and the guy that has two touchdowns stacked with him, no one is going to be on that stack. 
I will tell you, I, Indiana. I know we always talk about runbacks. I don't think you even want to run it back. I put two wide receivers on here if you're a, if you're a gross bastard, but just don't do it. Just stay away from them. Um, you know, uh, problem with Ohio State that you'll that I I feel like I say this every Friday when I do this show is they just don't get pushed very often. They just don't get pushed, and because they're not going to get pushed, C.J. Stroud's going to have 28 points midway through the third quarter, and then his game's going to be over. Abuka is going to have 24 points in the third quarter, and you'll be like, oh, he's the best play on the slate, but he just won't have that 40-point upside, right, unless he just goes uh, unless he goes nuclear early. Moving on, Notre Dame-Navy, what a disgusting game. I mean, I put a Navy guy on here, but a 12-point total, a triple option team, get the Get the fuck out of here. Don't play it. Uh, Michael Mayer is now finally priced up. Uh, that price tag, more like Michael Myers because it's killing me. Um, I, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, and, and the running backs, you know, you got the committee there. I don't love it. There's just better places to spend your money than on Notre Dame running backs. And GBPs, they make sense because one of them is probably going to go off. Um, and then Drew Pine, you know, no thanks on a Notre Dame game manager. No thanks, Bob. All right, this one might be my favorite game. And I think that because people aren't familiar with these teams, they're going to go play the big-name schools. I think SMU-USF could be shootout. I'm talking – you know, you saw the game last week, right, where it was, what, 77-63 to 63 when SMU played Houston? My God, man. You don't even – you only need half of that, and you're dancing in the streets naked. Uh, so Tanner Mordecai is very viable. I don't think I love him in GPPs just because of the limited rushing upside or excuse me in cash because of the limit, limited rushing upside, but in GPPs, you got to play him. And Rasheed Rice is the most slam dunk wide receiver play on this slate with that total, with their passing environment. Uh, it's just everything you want, but Curly and Maryland could be some uh, sneaky plays that you could also get in there also to stack with Mordecai or just play as a one-off in your cash lineup and just hope they get their 10 points. USF uh, is at home. They will push the tempo. They can play a little bit of offense, too. Obviously, they have a 28-point total. If you want a complete punt, go check out uh, Contravious Marsh. 5,000 stone minimum. Play him from behind. Maybe he has the game of his life, and they push SMU, and this becomes the shootout game that nobody's on, and you win a GBP because you played five pieces from this game. This one is another appealing one, man. Bama versus Mississippi. The biggest problem with Bama is they don't usually get pushed. But the one time we've seen them get pushed against Tennessee, who did I tell you definitely had to play? I said play Jameer Gibbs because in games where Bama gets pushed, Gibbs, they really lean on him. You see these totals here, right? These uh, It looks like he's only getting 17 touches a game. But I'm telling you, when the when when all the money's out there, they're a riding Jameer Gibbs. McClellan basically gets uh, – Jason McClellan basically gets uh, put out of the game. Um Gets game scripted out because they're just going to rely on Gibbs, who's a better running back. Bryce Young, very appealing. To me, Bryce Young is way more appealing than C.J. Stroud, even though they're almost the exact same price tag, just because Bryce Young might actually get pushed. The problem with Bryce Young is he's not as stackable as Stroud because with C.J. Stroud, at least you know who he's going to throw to, right? Harrison, Abuka, uh, Fleming, guys like that. Young, he has like 57 receivers, and he throws to all of them. If you have to play one, I say Brooks is probably the best bet. He seems to be uh, trending towards being their wide receiver one. And Latou, their tight end, at least he's on the field running a lot of routes. So that's appealing. 38-point total, playing Mississippi, who will likely push them. If Mississippi runs the ball, this game could really shoot out. Over for Mississippi, Juckins and Evans are both great running backs. Juckins has really seemed to take over that role. 20 touches a game is nice, but do you really want to be playing against that Alabama front seven? I don't know about that, especially at 7,000. I think I'll get my money in elsewhere. Jackson Dart, he has a nice floor because he runs the ball, but I don't think that he offers a lot in the way of passing, and because of that, I'm going to struggle to get to $6,000 Ole Miss receivers. 
But I do think a Juckins run back against a Bama stack is interesting. Or if you want to run Jameer Gibbs, maybe you go run a dart and hope that he spreads the love around, runs a touchdown or two in with his legs. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Yeah, you see my OU hat, but just know that I'm Oklahoma State alumni. It appears as though Spencer Sanders is going to be out, and when Spencer Sanders out, I mean, it is that you go from you know probably a top 10 quarterback in college football to probably a bottom 10 quarterback. Uh, don't play anybody from Oklahoma State outside of maybe Dominic Richardson. At least he is an elite bell cow back at 5,900. I just worry if Oklahoma State has any chance of moving the ball against Iowa State. Iowa State is slow. Iowa State plays good defense. Um, and Iowa State is going to get after this quarterback from Oklahoma State. This is a scary game to me. If there were defenses in college football, give me all the Iowa State, but there's not. So because of that, I'm staying away from the Oklahoma side of this, Oklahoma State side of this. For ISU, you always got to consider Xavier Hutchinson, but at 8,300, I'm telling you, this is just a hard week to pay that kind of price at, at wide receiver. And if I'm going to pay 8,300, I'm just going to go pay 8,400 and get Rasheed Rice and the faster up-tempo game uh, with a bigger total. That's what I'm going to do, Bob. You do what you want. Hey, it's your lineup. You make them. I ain't here to give you picks. I'm just throwing it all at you. You make your own picks. If you rely on other people to get your picks, you're a slap dick. Go, go to a tout site and quit watching my video. All right. Uh, the Louisville Clemson, uh, Malik Cunningham always has a great upside, but Clemson, the one thing that hasn't changed about them, they still play elite defense. Uh, so I am not going to be banking on UL, but if you are, you could run a Cunningham Hudson stack, uh, and run it back with Shipley. That could be a, a, a correlated play that not a lot of people are going to have, you know, DJ Yugalele has, uh, had some big games this year. They do have a, a, a almost a 30 point total and his wide receivers are very, very stackable. You go stack him, uh, with one or two of his receivers he could get there he does offer a safe floor with his legs but overall I can just find other games I want to get it in on other than this one Nebraska Michigan I mean Nebraska only has two playable guys in Anthony Grant Trey Palmer but with a 10 point total I really don't even see how you can play him unless you have some weird script that you think Nebraska is going to be competitive I don't see that against Michigan's defense Blake Corum probably will have 35 points by halftime and then we'll end with 38 points um, he's very appealing, but the problem is, is with Donovan Edwards coming back, he does get about 35% of the workload. So that makes Michigan very, very hard to play anybody from here just because of the blowout narrative, right? They're going to get ahead and then they're just going to lean on him. I would say Quorum, you know, it, he probably has a 20 point floor, but at 8,300, you kind of need more than that, right? I kind of need to know he has like a 40 point floor. If I'm going to pay 8,300 for Quorum, I'm just going to go find the extra 400 and play Gibbs from Alabama. Cause I know he'll probably, probably be playing four quarters. Uh, and, and an aggressive uh, uh, offensive scheme. Maryland and PSU, uh, people just can't accept that that Maryland is not the Maryland of the past. They're no longer good on offense. 24-point team total. Uh, Little Tua is always viable. Hemby is viable, I guess. I didn't even put any of the receivers because they're all still valued at $6,000 when they're legit like $4,200 receivers. Uh, I don't like the Maryland side of this. Penn State has been playing some defense this year. They do have a strong run game. They are going to get ahead, and they are going to lead on Maryland. And because of that, to me, the only real plays in this that I'm going to be considering is Singleton and Allen. Maybe Singleton and Allen, you know, maybe Clifford has the game of his life. He throws for five touchdowns, uh, and Maryland can push him a little bit. And But the problem is, is even if you go play a Clifford stack and you put him with Washington and Tinsley, that's super expensive stack. That's a super expensive stack for very, very little upside. I just feel like there's other places that's better to get your money in and the last game because we're only doing the DraftKings slates here you can see I have all the FanDuel games but I only do the FanDuel over for the mother fathers on the discord so the last game we're going to talk about is UCF 
uh, and Tulane. Uh, Tajay Spears is the man. You got to love Tajay Spears. Mike Pratt is always a good option at 6,100 in cash. Spears is always a good option at 6,500 if you need to save that money. Um, and But overall, their wide receivers are pretty hit and miss. Nobody getting above four targets. I'm only playing them in GPPs if I'm stacking it with uh, Pratt. For UCF, uh, you know, this is the same game. We got Mikey Keene in there as opposed to uh, 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 who do they got? Is it O'Keefe Plummer? Who the uh, Plum? Who the hell is their quarterback? I can, uh, Plumley. There we go. Jesus. Uh, so Keene looks like he's going to be playing because of that. Uh, probably going to be less efficient. A twenty-six point total. You know, it's just not the best spot. If he were like fifty-six hundred, I'd be interested. But a seventy-six hundred dollar non-starting quarterback, I don't know if I can get there. Overall, just remember. Target the games that have high totals. Target the games that are competitive and target the teams that have usage monsters. Don't go play the Texas Tech and OU teams, uh, wide receivers, who all get equal uh, love. You know, uh, th- there's just a problem with that. Ohio State, worry about the blowout. You've got to worry about the competitive script. A lot of things to take away from this. I got to go uh, make finish making the Rosetta Stone for the Discord. If you're interested in the Discord, it's connected through my Patreon. If you've watched this long, you probably like the cut of my jib. And I am telling you, I am not a salesman, but I'm telling you, we have a great little college football community over there, always sharing news, staying up to date on updates. Uh, you know, we talk about the best cash plays, GPPs. It's fucking awesome over there. Come check it out or don't. I don't give a shit. We're, we're going to win with or without you as, uh, as OU. You told Adrian Peterson when they recruited him back in 2004, hey, brother, we're going to win with or without you. And then he went to OU instead of Texas. Fuck you, Texas. Um, last thing, hey, give me a follow on Twitter. Reach out to me. I'm not one of those guys that's like, I, got, I am too big of a deal to respond to you. I'm not one of those assholes. I don't take myself too serious. If you send me a DM, I will get back to you in a thoughtful way. I don't blow anybody off. I don't big dog anybody. Uh, I hope you kick some ass this week. I hope you check out some cash game and do as well in it as we've been doing. Uh, and more than anything, I hope you have fun. Because if you're trying to become a professional DFS player with college football, dream the fuck on. All right, man. I hope you've enjoyed this show. But more importantly, you know what? I hope you enjoy my outro.